Good morning. Good morning. I get to bring the message this morning. Thank you. Are you clapping for the message or the jokes? Oh. All right. Well, without further ado, if you're new here, whenever I bring the message, I always open with some really great, aka super bad dad jokes. So I have a few for this morning. Are you ready? Okay. What did the horse say after it tripped? Help, I've fallen and I can't giddy up. Can't giddy up. (laughs) I used to have a job at a calendar factory, but I got fired because I took a few days off. Took a few days off. What do you call a hippie's wife? Mississippi. Mississippi. Come on, that was that was a softball. What do you call a line of men waiting to get haircuts? A barbecue. Barbecue. Q means line. Okay. And then my last one that I have, gotta unlock my phone. A friend of mine loses his cool every time he tries to arrange his shirts in the wardrobe. I think he needs some hanger management. Hanger, hanger management. Hanger, hanger. Can't even say that right. Well, speaking of shirts, I know it's a little casual. Please do not send an email expressing the casualness of my attire this morning. But I wore this shirt on purpose this morning for two reasons. One, it is a camp t-shirt from a couple of years ago. And all the kids learned how to share their testimony, which is pretty awesome. Uh, There was 130 kids, I think, at kids camp. There's going to be almost 200 at middle school camp, probably just as many at high school camp. So that's over almost 550 kids that learned how to share their story, their testimony with their friends when they left. Um, I don't know about you, but I am super excited to see what God's going to do in the lives of the kids these week. We get to leave right after church today. And um, anyway, so and then the second one is that this is kind of a visual aid for my message today. And I don't want to get too far into it as a giveaway, but I want you to know that um, I want you guys to see this video. We have a video for you. Don't play it yet. But we have a family in our church, people, that has had a pretty crazy year. A year that I am 1,000% sure they would have never chosen. A year of ups and downs and tears and sleepless nights, but also high fives and parties and celebrations. And this past Tuesday, there was a pretty big celebration that happened. So let's watch this video together. can't even imagine you're getting ready for an all-star game you see something like this pretty cool perspective great and safe perfect trip around the bases 
And there's this hero there to greet him, and Julio Rodriguez. Sam, Scott, Riley, Braden, would you guys mind standing up so we can celebrate you guys this morning? For those of you that may not know what that was, that was Braden's make-a-wish wish. One of his make-a-wishes that, that wasn't his wish, but that was something pretty darn cool. But that was at the All-Star Game that came to Seattle. The last one was in 2001. The All-Star Game, Braden got to run the bases. And he, at home plate, Braden, who did you get to high-five? J-Rod. Julio Rodriguez, his hero. So it was a really special day. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and then if you don't know Braden's story, Braden was diagnosed with cancer last year, and they've walked through a lot this last year. And, and right now he's doing great, and everything looks really good, right? Amen. All right. Thank you. And I know that if any of you in here have talked to Sam at all during Braden's treatment, that she would tell you, she'd be the first one to tell you that God has shown up over and over and over in this story. She would testify to the goodness of God and faithfulness of God through all of the hard, wouldn't you, my friend? Yeah, I think you have. You've uh, encouraged me by how you've shared his journey and your journey and how you've seen God work throughout it all. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. We just got to watch a tiny snippet of the Freiburg family's story, but I want to ask you, church, today, what is your story? What's your story? Can we just pray? Lord, I just thank you that you write our story. You are the author and the finisher, Lord, of everything in our life. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come and share this morning what I feel like you've put on my heart. I pray, Lord, that as I share that you would just take the words that I speak and you would anoint them, Lord, and you would uh, use them to minister to people this morning, Lord, and encourage and challenge us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so number one, what is your story? What is your story? What's the definition of a story? Uh, There's one I found online that says a story is a description of an event or something that happened to someone. That seems pretty simple enough. Um, I want to clarify right off the bat today that whenever I say your story, I'm not just referring to some random account of an event in your life that has really great entertainment value. Um, We've all been around people that are just really, really good storytellers, right? Maybe that's some of you. But uh, the story I want to talk to you about today is your eyewitness, personally experienced account of how God changed and is actively changing and transforming your life. It is your Jesus or your God story. Maybe you've heard it referred to as your testimony or your witness if you've been in church long enough. I like to use the word story because I feel like it really levels the playing field, especially with people that may not be believers or just haven't had a lot of experience with church. But what I want you to know is that your story is uniquely Yours. No one else on the earth has a story exactly like yours. The story that we're sharing, and we're not just sharing what happened to us, we are sharing what God has done for us. And it's not just a before Jesus, after Jesus conversion story, because sometimes people will just stop there, and that's where they'll stay. They'll be like, well, this is how I came to know the Lord. And it is a before Jesus, but it's also a now with Jesus 
I was, I am, he did, he is. It's both what he's done and what he is doing. You may think your story is boring. If that's you, I promise that what you have to share about your life with Jesus is so important and powerful. Don't ever, please don't ever discredit a life that has been faithfully served out to the Lord. But our testimony is not just our past. Our story is being written in real time. Every day is a fresh page in the book that is your story. And this book right here is full of story after story after story, and no two of them are exactly the same. Can I just say that I am so thankful for a group of disciples that had some backstory? Aren't you? Jesus purposefully chose people from different backgrounds and every one of their encounters with Jesus looked different. And yet each one is powerful and relevant. And what's so cool about that is there's probably one of them in there that you resonate with, right? That you really have um, a connection to. And I think that was actually the point. We all come from radically different backgrounds and experiences ourselves. And yet because of that, we also will be able to relate and have a connection with someone and their life. Okay, again, what is your story? What is your story? It is your eyewitness, personally experienced account of how God changed and is actively transforming your life. Number two, why share your story? Who did the what? Now it's the why. Well, first and foremost, guess what? The Bible tells us to. So... I think that's a pretty good place to start. Uh, Here's just a few places that we find this in Scripture. You can look them up on your own at home, but there's just a couple. Let's start with one of my favorites. Maybe it's yours, too, because we're a four-square church, and we are Pentecostal. So Acts 1-8, anybody know that one? All right, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. What's the next word? Telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Psalm 107, verse 2, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. What's the next word? Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Acts 4.20, we cannot stop. What? Telling about everything, everything we have seen and heard. That is just to name a few. But in addition to to being obedient, because scripture tells us to, I want to give you three more reasons why you should tell your story. And the first one is this, to remind yourself, to remind yourself. And I'm going to park here for just a couple minutes because I think this point is really important. Why do we need to be reminded? We are so forgetful. We are so forgetful. And it starts like right out of the womb. Am I right? Like you're telling your kids, no, don't do that. And you walk out of the room. You come back in five minutes later. What are they doing? They're doing the thing that you told them not to. And then when they get old enough to tell you why they're doing the thing, what do they say? I forgot. I forgot. And then guess what? Newsflash. It doesn't get any better the older you get. I'm starting to get a little worried because the number of like, what did I come in here for is is getting really bad. Really bad. But, um, so 
I just want you to know, it's not just me. I looked it up online. Did you know that in 2022, there were over 650 different dietary supplements that are marketed for brain health and development? Guess what else that stands for? Your memory problems. We have a forgetting problem, but God is so good. He is so good. He understands our weakness and our propensity to forget things, and he helps us. Thank you, Jesus. He helps us because we have literally struggled since the beginning. God called the Israelites a what people? A forgetful people. He called them a forgetful people because you forgot that. They called them a forgetful people. We haven't come much further in the millennia since, but he helps us. He gives us very practical instructions on how to remember. And I want to read you just a couple places in his dealings with the Israelites so you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about. For the sake of time, I'm going to readers digest what happened before he gives them the help. But the first one is this. Do you remember the Passover story? In Exodus, do you remember that uh, all the plagues came and the last plague was that uh, the firstborn of all of the Egyptians was going to die and the Israelites were to put the blood over their doorposts and that uh, the angel of the Lord would pass over them. That's why it's called Passover and he would spare their firstborn. And then so in Exodus 13, 14 through 16, he's talking about how they are going to celebrate Passover every year to remember. He says, and in the future, your children will ask you, what does all this mean? And then you will what? Tell them with the power of his mighty hand. The Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go. So the Lord killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of Egypt both people and animals. That is why I now sacrifice all the firstborn males to the Lord, except that the firstborn sons are always bought back. This ceremony will be like a mark branded on your hand or your forehead. It is a reminder that the power of the Lord's mighty hand brought us out of Egypt. He's telling them, do this thing on the regular because you need to be reminded yourself And you need to tell the next generation of what I did and how I moved. So do it regularly to be reminded. And then not long after we read about the crossing of the Jordan River, same thing. It's kind of like a little mini Red Sea where they got to the Jordan. The banks were overflowing. They didn't know how they were going to get across. And the Lord showed up and he moved and the Jordan dried up way upstream and they were able to walk across. And then... In uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe, and tell them, Take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out, pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. And further down it says, The people crossed the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. They all camped at Gilgal, just east of Jericho. It was there that Joshua piled up the twelve stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? And then you can what? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful 
And so you might fear the Lord your God forever. So the Lord is telling them what to do, which is to remember, to be reminded. And why is he telling them that? He wants them to remember and to know that his strength is perfect, that he is mighty and that he is powerful and that he will move on their behalf just like he did in the past. There are so many of these same scenarios during the Exodus. God moves powerfully on their behalf and then he shows them how to tell the story. And as they tell the story, they themselves are reminded of what the Lord did and of his power. And then he knows that by telling the God stories, that we will remind ourselves at the same time we do number two, which is to encourage others. We are going to encourage others. As you share your story... And you are actively being reminded of the faithfulness of God in your life. You are also actively stirring the flames of remembrance in the person that you're sharing with. Did you know that the enemy wants you to forget? The enemy wants you to forget what the Lord has done. And he also wants you to think that you're alone. He wants you to keep isolated And do you know what he actually wants to remind you of? Because he also wants to remind you. He wants to remind you of your grief, of your bitterness, sadness, of your anger, of your addiction, of your guilt, your shame, your condemnation, your bondage. Oh, he wants to remind you of all of that. And he also wants you to think that you are the only one ever that has struggled with any of those things. Because in isolation, he can tell you whatever he wants and you're going to believe it. And church, even if we're in a good spot in our life, it is vital that we be actively remembering the goodness and faithfulness of God. Again, the Bible is full of commands to praise, to worship, to remember. Our spirits need to hear and see the ways that he is moving in our midst, in our friends' lives, in our church, in our city, and in our country. We need to hear these accounts. Because every morning, the second you open your eyes and you turn on the TV, or you reach for your phone and you open your news app or your social media, you're going to be bombarded with the world stories of emptiness and despair and hopelessness and darkness. Am I right? The enemy of your soul wants to remind you of all of those things. And I want to say for my friends that have been walking with Jesus for decades, as you remember the past, my kids need to hear you talk about what God did in your life in your younger years. They do. They need to hear the miracles you've seen and how you've seen his power on display. But also, also, they need to hear what God is doing in your life today. How you are still seeing him at work how you were actively still being transformed because that should never stop. It should never stop. Your story doesn't stop. Your story doesn't stay three chapters back. Your story is actively being written. Share your current story. And you younger ones, you share with these Grammys and Papas in the faith how God is working in your life right now. Encourage them that this next generation is seeing God move. How about that camp video? Did you see the salvations? The baptisms in the Holy Spirit, the calls to ministry, God is still moving. 
He is still speaking. Miracles are still happening. And contrary to what the news, TV, and social media are all saying, the good news of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit is still radically changing the lives of young people all over the world. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear. God is moving, church. Uh, At this time, I want to invite my father-in-law, Cliff Bursch, up. Do you know Cliff Bursch? If you don't know Cliff Bursch, you need to know Cliff Bursch. Uh, This past week, Dad had a birthday. I won't tell him how old you are. I won't tell him how old you are, but he, he had a birthday. And we got to celebrate him. And so Dan and I went over to mom and dad's house and we brought him some food and we were just loving on him and saying happy birthday. And uh, dad got to talking and what he was telling us, and this really sat with me, is he said, you know, when I watch TV, which I don't think he watched a lot of TV, because like all I watch now are testimonies. It's all I watch. And then later on, mom was sharing that uh, sometimes you'll come to the, because the TV's upstairs, you'll come to the landing and you'll, and you'll yell down at her and you'll be like, can you believe what I just saw? And you'll share that person's testimony with mom and mom's encouraged. And so I just wanted to know if you could share with us a little bit about why you're watching testimonies and what is that doing for you right now? Praise God. Dan, let me have your hand for a second. I'm sorry I'm weak and uh, I'm sorry... But thank you. Yeah, each of you have a great gift to give. You know, it said to the Corinth church that Macedonia has heard about your gift and how good it was. But see, each of you have a gift. It's your life. It's your life. And as they gave money to Jerusalem, Generously, you should give your life to others generously. That is the story. I listen to testimonies because they encourage me. And people whose lives are changed completely. And it shows me God's strength and power. When I teach, and I'll try to make this short. But when I teach men, I almost always tell them, write your story down. Write your story down. I'm 83 years young, but I don't have a long time, and I have 20 grandkids. And by the way, I was thinking of this little one in front here. I have 13 grandkids that have been in worship, and several of them that have led worship. And even right now, I have a a granddaughter in Bethany Community in Seattle. She's going through law school, and she's leading worship. And she wanted me, she put a tag on it so I could see her at this time. (laughs) But anyhow, no. See, the great love of God. And I've asked men to do this. My, I have four older, I have five brothers, but four older, and they all died. For some reason. But, <laughs> but I used to tell this, my um, uh, old middle of six kid, three of them were drunkards. Three of them were alcoholics. And Jean, 
died, and I always told him before, tell your story, write your story, write your story. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't write well and all that stuff. I can't do that. So anyhow, he died. And then his wife, a couple months later, because they were going through his stuff, and they found out that he did write part of his story. It was hard for him, but he cried a lot. Like Jesse, if you wrote your story, it'd be difficult. You'd cry a lot. But he wrote it. And he was telling me how he almost died in Alaska. And he, when he was a drinking, he would tear up taverns. Now, this is a very gentle man. Very, very gentle man. But when he was drinking, he'd tear up taverns. And so his... His, uh, he was in the army. His commander sent him clear up to the farthest part in north, in, in Alaska, north Alaska. And he was climbing poles and putting communication lines uh, throughout that district, way up north, where the wind blew so much, she said, I, I, you, you were bent over all the time. But anyhow, and <laughs> anyhow, he was working on this bridge, and the communication line was underneath the, the, the ridge of it, the, the uh, rail. And so he was working, and he dropped his tool in the river. And the river was flowing with ice. And he dropped his tool, and he needed that tool. And so they took a... Um, a rope and put him down there to, to sit to stand on that ice. Excuse me that I'm not very articulate. But okay, he was standing on the ice and he got his tool and then they would block and tackle. That's what it, they brought him up. Well, it was jerking, jerking and jerking. And finally, because it was extremely cold, he said I only had two fingers on the ledge there, the ledge, and I couldn't get up. And I knew I was going to die, and I, was knew, I knew I was going to go out the river. And so a man who was running across, going now he was going back to his truck, and the Lord told him, there's a man over there that needs help. He ran right to where Jean was, picked him up with one arm and put him on the deck. And he flopped around like a fish because of that. But anyhow, that story, see, he wrote, and then he, many another things, other things. He said, I was such a drunk that when I drive with, ride with my sergeant, who allowed us to drink during the daytime, he said, I puked so much on his truck that was taking the, the uh, paint on. And so that was the only thing that his sergeant was mad about, that he was ruining his car. But anyhow, okay, write your story down. Many of you have great stories. The wind will blow. The rain will come. My wife has had two strokes. 
she had a nervous breakdown where she couldn't get her feet and her shoes connected. She only, she only read, because I'm a reading specialist, at the fourth grade. She was an A student at college and so forth, but all that she had, fourth grade. And so the wind blew. The night, it was dark all the time. But the Lord brought us through. The Lord brought us through. And he will bring you through too. Amen. Well, if I'd have let him keep going, he was going to finish my sermon for me. I just want to say that he said exactly what we've been talking about, that by listening and by telling your story and by hearing somebody share what the Lord has done in their life, it's encouraging to yourself and it's encouraging to those around you. Okay, and the third reason why we need to tell our story is this. It's to spread the gospel and the good news of Jesus. Amen. I think there's a verse in the Bible that really sums up this point, Romans 10, 14 through 15, and it says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone what? Tells them. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. How can someone hear about him unless someone tells them? Well, I hope someone tells my family about Jesus. I hope someone gets a hold of my coworker and has an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Well, guess what? And I'm preaching to myself right now, hardcore, but you are someone. I am someone. I know it can be very intimidating to think about uh, telling somebody about Jesus, and you might think, well, what if they ask me all sorts of really deep theological questions, and I don't know the answers. What if they don't believe me? And the worst one of all, what if they say no? What if they reject me? Wouldn't you believe it, but we have an example in here for just about every situation that you can come up with. Do you guys remember the man that Jesus healed by putting the mud on his eyes, right? Jesus put some mud on his eyes, and he was being raked over the coals by the religious leaders. And they're asking him what he had to say about Jesus, what he had to say about what happened to him. And here is his story that he told them. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied. But I know this, I was blind and now I can see. And they're like, but what did he do? How did he heal you? And the man's like, look, I told you once. Did you not listen? Do you want to hear it again? He's getting a little spicy here. Do you want to become his disciples too? And then they all came to know Jesus, right? No. What does the next verse say? Then they cursed him. And then later it says they threw him out of the temple. So two takeaways from this one for you. One, I don't know is an acceptable answer. I don't know is an acceptable answer. But you know what you can tell them? What you do know. I don't know whether he was a sinner. But this I do know. He didn't try to preach a sermon or use big words or convince them of anything. He was literally tell them his experiencing using eight words. I was blind and now I can see. 
And then two, you don't get to determine or control the outcome. Some people even presented with unrefutable proof, just like these leaders. They are just going to refuse to believe. We read in scripture that there were a lot of times that the gospel got rejected. A lot. It's going to happen. But like the earlier scripture said, how are they going to hear unless someone tells them? And that's what we're called to do. You're called to tell them. And one of my isms, everybody I'm sure has some isms, but one of my isms, and Dan will testify this, but I always say, well, they can't unhear it. They can't unhear it. If you say it, it gets in there and it stays in there. So tell them. And then once you say it, you're just going to pray and you hope and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to work on their heart and that one day they are going to be able to receive it. But as much as rejection happens, guess what? We also see the opposite. People do say yes. How many of you in here came to know the Lord because somebody personally shared with you about Jesus? There you go. There you go. Not everybody is going to say no. Okay, and lastly... How do you tell your story? And this is where I thought dad was going to just go ahead and sum up all my last points. But very practically, very practically, number one, you're going to prepare. You're going to think about it. You're going to pray. You're going to write it down. Write it down. You won't be telling your life story every time. You're not going to have enough time, I promise you. But it is a good place to start to really see how God has been moving your entire life. And then you can try and make a Reader's Digest version that really, really points away from you and straight towards what the Lord did and is doing. And if they don't know Jesus, follow up with, hey, guess what? And he can do it for you, too. And let me tell you how. Okay, prepare number two, practice. Practice telling someone. So you're just going to practice. Practice on your spouse. Another thing I thought is like, hey, we all have phones. Most of us do. There's an audio, a voice recording app on there. You can practice telling your phone. You can just record it. Paul was one of the most prolific testimony givers, storytellers ever. The guy, uh, he was the guy. But what we see in scripture is that he did both of a lot of these things. He wrote his story in letters to the churches. He wrote his story. And do you know why he did that? To encourage other people. Remember that point? And then he also told his story in so many places where he was being grilled for his actions. And also, why was he telling his story there? To give the good news of the gospel, right? So point two and three, we're going to encourage people and tell the good news. So he wrote it down and he practiced saying it. And then number three, we're going to pray. We're just going to pray. We're going to pray for opportunities. We're going to pray for opportunities to get to share. Number four, be spirit-led, people. Be spirit-led. Be ready. And then when the Lord is prompting you and you feel the spirit nudging you a little bit to share, share. Because you're going to be ready. You've prepared. You've practiced. You've prayed. You're spirit-led, and this one's for free. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. I'm serious. Be real and be relatable. Okay, but don't make it weird. I wanted to invite Pastor Laura up um, as we get ready to close. I have asked her some questions earlier in the week that I had because um, I think it's good to hear other people share their experiences as well. Um, Every one of you could probably stand up here and answer these questions if I had given them to you in advance as well. But it's good to have someone else's perspective. 
Um, Laura recently went through the Women in Ministry Leadership cohort that you may have gone through yourself or heard uh, one of us talk about. Um, But the very first call that we do in that cohort is you have a partner that you're paired up with and a coach, which Pastor Laura is going to be a coach this next year, which is very exciting. But you're paired up with another partner and a coach. And what we do during that very first call is we simply ask to share your story. Because during that call, you get to practice telling your story and be reminded. And then you also get to hear other people's stories and you leave encouraged every time. I know when I shared my story, I've had to do it a few times now. And the first couple of times, it was just like revelation bomb after revelation. I had totally forgotten that that happened. And, and then hearing other people's stories and getting to kind of have that perspective of the overarching faithfulness of God. I leave encouraged. Every single time. And so my first question for you was, as you thought back over your life when you were sharing your story, was there anything that the Lord reminded you of or showed you that you had maybe forgotten about? Yeah, it's, it's, I love what you said earlier, Mary, too, about how um, your story doesn't end when you accept Jesus in your heart. That's like the beginning, right? And, and the, that testimony just keeps going because our God is a God um, of restoration and transformation. And so there was a time, this was just really recently, when um, I was sitting in the auditorium for Life Pacific University getting ready to get my degree. And as I sat there thinking about my story, um, the Lord brought to mind about this time in my life very early on when I, due to a whole bunch of circumstances that's a testimony for another time, um, I had to drop out of college. And as I sat there and the Lord brought that to mind, he also brought to mind a few years earlier when I was standing right here and you, Pastor Mary, and you, Pastor Dan, were praying over me when I had gotten my pastor's license. And Pastor Dan gave a word to me saying, the Lord is telling you that he is going to restore what you think the locusts have eaten. And I sat there all just, whoa, um, in front, I'm sitting there waiting to get my degree, realizing that this was a time that the Lord had restored what I thought the locusts had eaten. So very real, very powerful um, time of the Lord speaking to me in a reminding way about my story. And how did that make you feel in that moment? Besides just like losing it, going, ah, um, it was just so encouraging. Even to my, me, my own story, the Lord just, the Holy Spirit came and just filled me up in that moment. And it was so incredible to know what the Lord has done in my life over and over again. Amen. A second question for you. Have you had the opportunity to share something from your story with another believer? And if you have, um, what was the second one? What did you share? Why did you share? You don't have to share what you shared, but why did you share? And did you get to have a follow-up with, was that effective? Did they get to circle back and tell you? Or was it just a, a drop-and-go type of thing? I have had that opportunity. Um, it is amazing when you are open to allow the Holy Spirit to speak in you and through you what he does. And um, I had an opportunity with someone um, here at church that we were talking, and the Holy Spirit just said, you need to share this certain thing in your story. And it really had nothing to do with what we were talking about. And I'm like, are you sure this is what I'm supposed to say? And um, the Holy Spirit was like, you need to say this. So I shared that, that part of my testimony with this person, and the person just kind of went, okay. And, and off we went. I'm like, well, all right. Well, I was obedient, right? That, that's all we're called to do, right, is to be obedient. And um, several months later, 
I had that individual come up to me and they said, you remember when you shared that part of your testimony? I really needed to hear that. And in that moment, they said it was really challenging and difficult for them. But as they processed through, the Lord really spoke to them through that word that he had me share with them. And that has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with my word. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit using me to speak to that person. And that's what our testimony is, right? It's the ability for to use um, the Holy Spirit to use us to be able to speak Jesus into people. And then this last question, same question about have you had the opportunity to share and did you get to know the outcome uh, with a non-believer? I, I have. And I'm, um, for those of you that don't know, my paying gig is that I work for an electrical contractor. So I work in a very secular environment every day. Um, but I really feel very grateful and blessed that I am able to be in that environment where people who might never, ever come to church, um, I get to speak Jesus to people. And r- really recently, I had someone that I was coaching in my office. Um, this person was having challenges being able to treat people on their team well. And so we were just talking through, and, you know, I'm sure all of you know this, that 99% of people on this planet aren't bad people. They behave badly because of something that has impacted their life. There is something that is causing that behavior. And after talking with him, and just for me, as I'm talking, I'm just praying, Lord, tell me what to say. And he brought to me, I want you to talk to him about the shame that you have felt in your life. And so I shared my testimony about shame that I had dealt with. And this person just all of a sudden just burst into tears and started talking about how they had been abused as a child and how they had grown up in a life of abuse and they had felt this shame and condemnation in their life. And through that, I shared with him about Jesus and I also shared with him how he is a child of God and that he is worthy and that God loves him. And at the end of that conversation, he's like, well, he goes, I'm not a very spiritual person but I feel something changing inside of me. And I'm like, that's Jesus. Um, (laughs) But I got that opportunity. Again, had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with God working through me. And I think about the verse in Revelation where it says, you know, how do we conquer the enemy? It's by the blood of the lamb. It's by the word of our testimony. And that is how we fight the enemy is by sharing our testimony. Amen. And he can't, un- that person cannot unhear it. Cannot unhear that. Can't unhear it. Amen. Well, thank you. You can stay up here because I'm actually going to invite the rest of the worship team up. But isn't that just amazing? Are you encouraged today by hearing Pastor Laura share about how she just got a chance to share and be obedient and that people were encouraged? And then those people are going to be encouraged to share their story. And so it goes and so it goes. And so to remind you, church, as we leave today, just the very practical part of sharing your story. It's your story. You already know it. You don't have to come up with it. You don't have to write it. You're just going to share it. Number one, you're going to prepare. You're going to practice it. You're going to pray for opportunities. Let's pray for opportunities this week to share your story. You know what I would love? Well, I grew up Baptist, and sometimes we would just have Testimony Sunday where people would just get up and they would share what they had had an opportunity to do, see, or be a part of during that week, how they saw God move. And that would be a cool thing to have someday. And then number four, be spirit-led. If you're feeling the Lord prompt you to share part of your story, be obedient and do it. And the last one, don't be weird, people. Do not be weird. Let's do it with a measure of grace, 
Let's do it with a measure of responsibility and of joy and of peace and be good stewards of our story. Amen? Amen. Okay. I wanted to close with this last song because this last song is a testimony. It is a testimony of someone saying, hey, this is where I was. And then I met this guy named Jesus. And then he picked me up. And he turned me around and he put my feet on solid ground and now I am different. And so if we could just stand and sing that as we end today, stick around. We're going to have some announcements. We're going to have some popsicles and ice cream after service. But if we can just celebrate what God's done in us, for us, and through us as we go out and share that with other people.